Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to our Masks of Neolothotep campaign in the China chapter. As we like to do at the top of the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. If you haven't had an opportunity to check out our Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast and um, perhaps lend some assistance to these investigators. We're going to begin with introductions to my right. This is Tiffany and I play Maeve O'Shea and there's a lot of snakes. Indeed, there are an awful lot of snakes. To Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane and I am taking pieces of the doctor's skin off of my clothes. Yeah, it's kind of like a Zagnut bar. You ready to it? No, we'll get no. to it later. At the end of the table. This is Jake. I'll be playing Jack Doyle. And um, kind of looks like we burned down another building. I mean, listen, it's about rhythm. It's about consistency. And if for nothing else, this group does that. Uh, so to Jack's right. This is Lonnie, and I'm playing Robert Drummond, and I have thrown my virtual dice away, and uh, hopefully we'll never see that again. You know, pretty tough rolling session for you uh, last game, Mr. Drummond, but uh, you have escaped with your skin, so that is that. Uh, to Mr. Drummond's right. Hi, this is Heather, and I play Stasi, and I am realizing very quickly that it is very hard to bring these guns left and right, to a gunfight, an actual gunfight. Yeah, that's true. Luckily, not all fights can be done with, with uh, the pistols. There will be uncertain opportunities for your special talents to come out. And to Stasi's right. Hi, this is James, and I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tattenbach. And um, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Indeed. You will glow. Much, but perhaps a little less than last episode, we would hope. Last, but most certainly not least. Uh, this is Alex playing Sam Benoit, who would like to remind you all that when you only see one set of footprints, it might be because they're carrying a body. Well, that's like a fantastic little um, story. We could put it on a plaque and on a wall, yes? Hmm. It was then that I carried it. Clearly. Uh, we are going to raise the curtain tonight in a series of underground tunnels. So with the group making a very fast egress from Mr. Moo's house on account of uh, multiple dead bodies, the city beginning to rain snakes and the building on fire, they have taken to underground passageways, which lead them out of the old city where they eventually arrive, roughly speaking, about 10 or 15 minutes later in the basement of another house. And as the group sort of spills out from this trap door and into a basement, um, Mr. Moo, 
makes himself a little comfortable in a corner, sets some of his things down. There are some chairs around. There's a, a wide rug on the floor with a, a beautiful patterned rug, yellows, golds, black trim. Uh, I guess just for a point of fact, Sam, what are you doing with the man's body? I know that I know that the group is evacuating, so uh, if I make it back and everybody's gone, I imagine I should be able to follow multiple blood trails to... I will avoid the flaming room, <laughs> um, and I will follow the blood trails of my, my friends into the, uh, yeah, the passage. Yeah, so it's more like you cut through the fire and the blood to get to your friends, uh, but okay. it isn't hard for you to catch up even hoisting this man's body. And so I would ask you what, what you're going to do with him. Well, once we get to where we're going, uh, and now that I realize that the doctor is very worse for wear, I'm, I'm very concerned about him. But I also don't want our captive to bleed out. I don't necessarily need to know why everybody's singed. I know there was a fire, so mm -hmm. that kind of goes without saying. So I will turn to the second best doctor I know and... Uh, asked Lillian if she would mind staunching this gaping wound in the back of this gentleman's knee so that we don't lose a potential prisoner while we figure out what we're doing. Okay. Miss Lane? Sure. Um, I probably still have the doctor's bag with me um, since Jack was carrying the doctor through the sewers or tunnels. Um, so I will open up the bag and grab out some um, more gauze and if you shot him in the back of the knee I will grab some tongs and um, date the bullet out first mm -hmm. and then dress the wound after Fantastic. That. Wonderful. Go ahead and give me a first aid roll. I have a 53 out of 65. You take the bullet out and you manage to staunch the bleeding. It's maybe not as poetic or as um as simplistic as the doctor might do, but it is effective. And it's an effective dressing in the field, which is helpful. Jack Brady has you uh, take the body to, he opens one of the doors, which seems to lead to a very small bedroom and says, just lay him in here for now. We'll, we'll get to him. I will uh, properly bind him up. So listen, I don't have a lot of chairs, so grab some rug. Yeah, and you're going to need to start talking. So this is Brady. Is the infamous Jack Brady. Infamous, huh? That's one word I'd use. Yeah, I uh, I'd heard you've been looking for me. I've got a few minutes here before I have to move. I'm sure you've got a ton of questions. But before you start in on them, why don't I just bring you up to speed? Because I think... I think you need to hear what I have to say. Then by all means. As far as I can make out, we're all in a lot of trouble. The more I learned about the situation, the scareder I got. When I spilled the beans to Elias, I figured people would read his book and do something about this cult. I'm sorry he ended up the way he did. I assume you're all friends. Yeah. All the same, I did warn him. I didn't hold anything back. And... I don't think I have to warn all of you. You all know the score at this point, but... 
This cult plays for keeps. Right from the start, I knew that Roger's African girl was trouble. She was tough as they came, and she had him around her finger. He must have known she was trouble too, because the more he saw her, the more crazy dreams he had. I thought it was great when he talked about going to Egypt. You know, that'd be the end of her. See, you know, see, th- see some things, get back to normal, that sort of thing. I liked the guy, and I owed him a lot. And it seemed for a while there that everything was going to work out. London was a lot of fun. Once we got to Cairo, Roger started having dreams again about meeting a god. Crap like that. Now he wasn't drinking, though, and the girl wasn't around either. And the gentleman that Roger had asked along started acting nuttier than Roger did. And so I said to myself, Jack, trouble is somewhere up the road. He steps around and leans up against the basement wall here and lights a smoke. After I paid Najir for his junk, Roger spent some time with him. He went off the deep end. There was a black kind of head and shoulder statue that he'd stare at for hours. And there was a map he'd study and study. Like a normal guy would check out a beautiful dame. He winks at you, Stasi. He started telling me that we could meet the god as soon as he destroyed the eye and opened the path. At the time, I thought, Roger, you're... You're gone, man. That hotshot Dr. Huston should have talked Roger down. But he only encouraged him. So the first night we were up at the Nile, at Dershur, Roger snuck out and climbed the Red Pyramid. And you guys ever climbed a pyramid? They are steep. Really steep. Roger started up that pile like a monkey. Never looked back or hesitated once. It's proved to me that poor bugger was absolutely crazy. But <laughs> I followed him up. I must have been crazy too, right? For about two-thirds of the way up the Red Pyramid, you just climb over these big blocks. Sort of like some dumb kid could make by piling up a million big, great big construction blocks, right? The pyramid builders filled in all the gaps with this nice, smooth stone. But then later, people stole that nice stone from around the bottom of the pyramid. The high stuff was too hard to grab. They couldn't finish the job. Roger zipped right up that stuff, too. I've never seen anything like it. I could barely find handholds to keep from bouncing down the whole damn pyramid. There's a little flat place at the tip of the pyramid. When Roger reached that flat place, he yanked out some sort of robe he'd been carrying with him. And he started speaking words I can't even fathom. And he went into this dull chant. But then there was a a hell of an explosion. All sorts of funny echoes and screams. And a great big red flash of light. Well, I lay there for a minute until it seemed safe to go on. And he looked at me, and I'll never forget him saying this. He says, The eye 
is gone, Jack. Now we can be gods. And that was just Roger talk, you know? But beside him there was a big patch ripped out of the stone, and it looked real fresh. Well, when I went back the next day, by myself, to take another look, the patch had been filled in. As though the pyramid had repaired itself. But near the base of the pyramid, I found a part of a rock which looked like it could have been in that patch originally. And it had this symbol on it. Do you still have that? Oh, yeah. I kept it as a keepsake. I'm going to, like, reach in my bag and, like, pull out the other half that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like that. Same stone. Where did you get it? Same place you did. Kind of. Actually, there was a woman... Uh, Before she died, it seemed like she was holding on, waiting for me, and gave it to me. I was looking for the other half. Mm. Because we can potentially repair it. Keeper? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Just a quick question. While all this talk of science kind of reminded me of something, uh, while all this is going on, uh, I'm going to check on the doctor and very quietly spend three MP and I would like to cast uh, earthly sign for the doctor. Okay. To what end? Uh, well, it says target feels no pain for one hour. They get four HP phobias, manias are gone and no sanity loss until the spell ends. Okay. So it's a spell. Yeah. So you're going to have to cast it. I, I will. Ca- I'm saying like, yeah, so I'm going to try not to interrupt while he's talking, but yeah, I'm going to cast my first spell. Is it a power roll? No, it's just cost three MP. Okay. Last, it takes a round to cast, and then just lasts an hour. Yeah, so um, you'll you begin muttering something. It's it's interesting too because it, while it's going on, um, Brady's voice is is very captivating because the story he's telling is very compelling. And when he talks, you can hear this sort of rhythmic chanting in the background, and it almost as if it fills in the gaps. And when he talks, two days later. I, I know what it was. I, I know. I know there's. Oh, I hate even saying this. There's magic mm-hmm. in the world. Whatever that stone was when it was together, I think it kept that thing inside the temple locked. Mm-hmm. But Roger deliberately broke that power. Mm-hmm. He did it on purpose. Two days later, the whole gang, Penhugh, Roger, Huston, and Patty, give me the slip, and they disappear inside the bent pyramid. Some of the messenger boys went to find them, and they came out shrieking that the pyramid had eaten all these scientists and all these people that had came to, you know, along on the dig. Bingo. The workers run. The people run. Nobody wants to go near the place. The whole dig's deserted. In five minutes, I'm the only person left in the whole area. Well, I went in. Sure enough, nobody's inside. I got worried. I don't know where the rest of them are at the point. A long time later, out come the missing people from the pyramid. Roger says they'd been to Egypt. But the real Egypt didn't make any sense. And that was about the most sensible thing Roger said the whole time. Penny, who looked like he was five years younger. And Patty and Huston both seemed changed. Although I'm not really sure how. Nobody would explain where they'd been. Nobody cared after that, that it was hard to hire any of the workmen. When I'd wake up at night afterwards, 
The rest of the gang would be talking some creepy lingo I'd never heard before. And one evening, Roger said he was going to show me the power that they'd learned. We went out in the desert with a bunch of the workers he would manage to collect. And everybody started screaming in unison. They're in these fields, the deep in desert. They raised their hands to the sky and they just kept screaming. And then something came out of the earth, something enormous. And it, it let out this, I don't even know how to explain it. It sounded like a bird or maybe it was a baby crying. And it dropped these animals into the desert. And it ate all the workmen. It grabbed them up in, in, in its arms. I don't remember a whole lot after that. Roger found me in the desert somewhere. He warned me that I'd better change my attitude about things because the first thing I said to him was that I was gone. He reminded me that I owed him and that I, I promised him I wouldn't desert him. But after that, I started thinking real good. We went to Kenya and Roger filled me in during the trip. And we'd found a true God, he said, who'd rule the earth and we would rule with that God because we were chosen. The God had picked us to open the way for his return. And there was enough in what he said and what I'd seen that I listened because that's what it had to be in the field, right? Some kind of God. Every week, Penny seemed a little younger and a little livelier and Patty was consistently sick. We were going to leave Nairobi for some place in the mountains where there was no river, no railroad, no telegraph, no police, and nobody who looked friendly. I figured, I knew in my heart, right? In that kind of a place, I'm not going to make it real long. Because they're all on in some inside joke, right? And, and I'm the guy on the out. On the last night in Nairobi, I drugged Roger. I swiped the cash box. It was all Roger's money anyway, right? And it got me aboard with him, an un, unscheduled deadhead freight to Mombasa. Later, I read the papers. I hear about the, uh, the Carlisle expedition all being murdered, right? And they say they found the body of Roger Carlisle. Well, they didn't. He was right next to me. Anyway, my arrangements go off without a hitch. We get to Mombasa. We get off before the causeway. I found a fisherman who was willing to go to Zanzibar for a few dollars. From there, we hopped a coastal trader and eventually sailed all the way to Hong Kong. Roger gets some sleep on that trip and he starts acting normal again. Like himself, he comes out of it, right? After a week or so, though, his nightmares start back up again and he goes off the deep end. I think he started realizing what he had done. I think he came to grips with what happened in that desert. And what he called. I was in this city for a little while while I was in the Marines. I know a few people here. It seemed like a good place to lie low. But by the time our ship put into Hong Kong, Roger couldn't go any further. He was shrieking at shadows. Almost everything that moved. So I put him into a sanitarium there. I check on him every now and again. And then I came here believing that I'd never see another member of that damn expedition again. Which is what I thought. Right up until I saw the Dark Mistress in the harbor and Aubrey Penhu on deck. I got a lot going on here in Shanghai, as I'm sure you're keen to now. 
I talked to Mick Chum yesterday. I heard you'd been by the bar and that things had gotten messy. That's one way to put it. Aubrey's doing something here. He's got something cooking. But that's not all that's going on here. Obviously. If you found me, it's pretty clear you know that a bunch of people want me dead. That's partially my fault. So, Mr. Doyle, what do you want to know? How much do you know what happened in Egypt other than that? You know who they were uh, dealing with? You know, to be a little more clear than that, they? The god. No, who your companions are dealing with. No. Dark Pharaoh, the Black Pharaoh. I'm aware, yeah. Yeah. So, we're going to try to put, we want to put it and stop him. You want to stop a god? Yeah, or his plans at least. We can try and slow him down before he, well, it, the god gets their plans in motion. And if we can slow them down, part of that is to put these pieces together. We think. Yeah, I think it'll help us. I don't think it's possible. Why? Moo? Mr. Moo sort of sits up in his chair. The scroll that I was studying. Mm -hmm. It's from a a very special series of scrolls that deals with uh, closing power centers off. Mm -hmm. It has a a working. Mm -hmm. It speaks of another working in an ancient book written in Arabic. Yeah. One that might be able to lend the same similar sort of spell. The issue at hand is that once a seal is broken, it is no longer good. It cannot be redone. The entirety of the piece must be reworked. Right. So we need a new one. No, we can take this one, but we gotta... We basically have to recast the original spell. Here's the problem with the original spell. That I remembered why I was reluctant to put it back together. It doesn't specify what kind but beings have to be willing to die for it I am working on a current translation here from um, an ancient form of languages here found in China I believe there may be another version I believe this version might be different he sort of touches the scrolls where no one has to die oh no 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 there will be a cost well there's always a cost But is it to the caster or is it to innocence around? Mm, That is yet to be determined. I will need time, uh, several more days to finish my translation. And to do so, we will need to keep, uh, he looks at Jack, certain people at bay. Jack smirks and stubs out the cigarette. Yeah, I gotta tell you, Madam Lynn's not real happy with me. Madam Lynn's not happy with many people. Well, that scroll there, uh, Toots, is from her place. I stole it from her house. Nice. It had to be done. Well, you, we need the information more than she does. That's for sure. She's got something else going on, God knows what. I want nothing to do with. Dinner party. Dinner party? Ah, uh, something somebody else knows. Yes, Madam Lynn shared with me. That she is hosting a dinner party for some very important people at this point within a day or so's time. Don't ask me where, I don't know. 
Unfortunately, she was preferring to take the time to insult me versus actually give me the information I asked for. But it's to be expected. If she's going to have a dinner party, it's going to be at her place. I can give you the address. Yes, whatever's going on, she, let's just say, was trying to bait certain individuals to being there. Something big is going down. On that, we agree. Now, the name Stasi, not Toots. You can apologize by handing me a cigarette. He hands you a cigarette, offers you a light. Thank you. I'm still looking into what Aubrey's doing, but that boat is part of it, Doyle. Who sent the assassins? Hofang. Those are his men. Is uh, Aubrey working with Hofang, do you think? Yep. That would have been my assumption. Yeah. I mean, that's how these, all the others that we have fought seem to be. Hofang's no, no slouch either. The men he wasted tonight are nothing. Oh, yeah. And he probably does not care how many he has to sacrifice. No, he's not a madman. At least not as far as I know. He's a businessman first. Yeah, but when was the last time you talked to him? I don't know. I still got my head, lady. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, depending how far he is in and what he talked to Aubrey about, things could be very different. Yeah, it's also possible with the uh, clock ticking on this whole thing. Yeah. He may be willing to spend whatever he has to. Yeah, to accelerate. Yeah. You fancy a dinner then? Were they after you all or us? Who's they? Sorry, you got to clarify. Were the assassins there for you and Mu or for us? Uh, yes. It could be a bit of both at this point. Well, I'm trying to figure out how much, how deep Ho Fang sees our connection at this point. Well, let me ask you a question then. You've been tailed yet since you've been here? After the bar? Uh, twice, as far as I know. Okay. So you got to assume Ho Fang knows you're here and knows that you're looking for me. And so if that's the case, then you're damaged goods just like me. But we can make that work to our favor as long as you're willing to mind your P's and Q's. I don't know what you did back at the house, but my ears are still ringing whatever noise come out of your mouth. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying not to pay attention to him, okay? You gotta understand, just because I know there's magic doesn't mean I'm real comfortable with it. Fair. My buddy Moo here is gonna need a little help. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You probably are the type of person that might be able to help him with that ritual. Yeah, I also can read just about any language. That could help. The other problem we have, though, is that this dinner party could be a huge opportunity if we're willing to be a little flexible with our values and morals, if you get my meaning. We've been flexible before. I'm just saying. Madam Lynn is a troublemaker for some of us. She wants me because I stole something from her, right? Fair enough. I didn't say I wasn't going to give it back. You see, Mr. Moo get real, real protective over the scrolls. He sort of clutches them close. And Jack turns to him and says, We don't want to keep that stuff anyway. We don't want it anywhere near us. We're only using it until we get what we need and we're giving it back. That's the deal. Mm. What? I would rather have 
Mu have information like that than somebody like Madame Lin. Didn't somebody say that Madame Lin collects things? Yeah. Maybe we can arrange a trade. Hmm. Actually, what I, what I was thinking was, you play one viper against the other. No offense. Madame Lin doesn't like Ho Fang at all. In fact, from what I understand, their rivalry is pretty hot, even though they don't take direct shots at one another. Which I think may be changing. Madame Lin's been running guns. A lot of guns, among other things. I don't think she's doing that as a collection. She may be preparing to go to war, especially if it means more control. I don't know how long you've been in Shanghai, any of you, but this city's changing. Politically, in a real quick way. I think I think Madame Lin plans to make that move a little faster. I think that's probably what this dinner party's about. To solidify her allies, set her plans into motion. She's been preparing for a while. I've been keeping tabs. What are you thinking about doing at this dinner party? You said it's an opportunity. An opportunity to do what flexibly? Well, I can't do anything at the dinner party. I can't go to Madame Lin without getting strung up. What are you asking us to potentially do about this dinner party? Figure out two very important things. One, what is actually on the menu at this party? What is she trying to do? And two, it's my understanding that there might be something of intrinsic value to Sir Aubrey at this party. Something that he he or one of the people he works with might be able to come out, might be willing to come out of the shadows to get. And if we can beat him to it, you might be able to leverage it against him as we get closer to moving. So then, do you think that I should stay here and help move? As of right now, yeah. I know she wanted Pierce out. She was going to use me to do it. You want to jump in here, Drummond? I mean, I don't know what you want me to tell him. How about the short, short version? Uh, the short, short version is is that uh, people people who do things like what they're doing, they have people watching them. And she's one, and I'm one. But I hadn't heard a thing until I went to get her about any meetings or gun running or anything like that. Well, it's because you've been keeping your eyes on some other areas in town. Yeah. My goal, my mission, was to nail Madame Lynn. It does seem that our journeys are intertwining. And whatever she was doing, she was going to use me, at least in part. It's almost like a personal beef she has with him. Just to say, not necessarily my employer, but uh, just someone I work with. She really wants him out. He dabbles in a lot of things. Charities, you know, building monuments like great men do. Collector of secrets. She's a spy. What's Pierce's first name? Charles. Charles. Uh, He's not a spy. He's helped us, actually. Those things are not mutually exclusive. 
Forsyth and I went to go visit. Yeah, I got to tell you, Brady points at Drummond. He makes a good point. Helping you and being a spy are not exclusive. Well, I mean, he could be a spy, but I mean, like, he's not like a working. I don't know. Like, it's not like a bad thing. He is a weaver of webs. Whatever those those threads may be. Yeah, he sounds like a puppet master. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. Well, either way. I'm no puppet. I think he's more of a chess player. If Lynn wants him and thinks that you can bring him to her, it might be a risky play, but who would upset a dinner party? Well, why bluff? Why not actually offer something that she might value? What do you want to give her? Well, so is if maybe is the stone still is the stone still if the stone is still out, I will gesture at it, and I will say, uh, "Well, these things don't work, right? Not not right now. But I mean, right now they're just slabs of rock with symbols on them, right? But they're the closest thing is we have a link to an actual working one, and I'm assuming that Mister Moo is going to need both of them as a points of reference." Yeah, it's going to it's going to cut our time in half by having basically an example. Well, but you're going to have to recreate it. So once you recreate it, then the pieces are just pieces, right? Yeah, it's true. But I think the dinner party probably comes before that, right, Moo? Probably. How these spells work. Yeah, usually. Well, what people like that she's some sort of collector. She's also patient. She's a tactician. I, you know what? I actually might have something better than that. What is that? It's something I picked up in Egypt. It's an artifact. Belonged to a queen. All right. If you think she'll bite on it, sure. If nothing else, it could get you invited to the party and, and in the door. Right. Walk in on a silver platter. Yeah. If I go with. No, I think you should stay here. We've already had a run in with her. You want to throw her off her game? What better way than the person you you capture walking right in with a valuable artifact right up to her front door? Sounds like foolishness, honestly. You did say she tried to recruit you, right? Oh, no. There was no recruitment. In fact, I'm lucky I walked out of there with my head. I was the bait one way or the other. You don't take anything with you. You set up a meeting. Right. Madam Lynn's not coming out of the woodwork to, to look at an artifact. She's going to bring you to her. Well, either way, there's a meet. Well, let's just say that type of meeting is a little bit harder for RN to get out of. Trust me, if it hadn't been for Mr. Drummond, and don't let this go to your head as I look at him, I may not have quite made it out. Of course, now I get to take out a building in the process, so that was fun. So who are you? Brady looks at you, Lillian. Some person. So instead of giving Madame Lynn your artifact from Egypt, why don't we give her the prisoner that we have in the other room? Because yeah. they belong to Hofang. Yeah, I doubt that uh, that'd be important enough for her. Somebody to interrogate? I mean, if you want to give her something to interrogate, bring her whole fang. Don't tempt me. I'm just saying, you, you have you ever played chess? 
Yes. Well, what does a king want, a queen want with a pawn? Some end to his organization? No. No. She's got a handful of spies, real, real good workers here in the city. And it's not about not being able to get in. It's about being able to be effective. Hofang is secretive, powerful, and politically connected. And if my... If the news is right, Hofang has some sort of deal with the Green Gang. Mm -hmm. And that is a powerful, powerful protection racket that he has. It makes him nearly untouchable. And the cult of the bloated woman. Well, then you don't bring her a gift. You don't make her an offering. You find something that she wants and you offer to get it. Also a good plan. Aren't we missing the the, the first step of this? That we, we need an invite to the dinner party. Right. Which is why <laughs> we uh, bring her the uh, an offer of the artifact. I know where we could at least an intermediary idea. We bring a message to one of her employees. There's a number of them that guard a few of the warehouses around town. I know which ones and where. The right person bringing the message will make sure that she gets it. Once she has it, as long as we can make it intriguing enough, we'll get her attention. We just have to be ready. I think we can do that. Now, perhaps I don't walk into the dinner party, but... I think I could definitely get a message across. I've been known to pass a message or two in my time. It's all a setup, really. If you're hoping to play her against Ho Fang, I don't know that any uh, sort of political plays are really going to do this here. This is personal. I, I tend to think the the guns are a really interesting point. Especially since the green gang tends to be the gunrunners in this town. That she's been doing this on the side would probably not go over well in the right circles. There's that. Ho Fang's not the only other power in town, either. There's a bunch of factions at play, at least according to the newspaper. Yeah, we just can't get caught up in them, though. The danger of setting one against the other is that it could explode like a powder keg. That's not what we're looking for. We don't want the whole area to devolve into war. Not yet, at least. We need information. We need items. And we need leverage. Well, I got to tell you this, Dowsy. You're going to get a war here anyway, whether you want one or not. Well, I'm hoping we're out of town before the war breaks out we can set that uh, that bridge ablaze on the way out of town let it go to war it's bound to go there anyway what I'm saying is we need to make the most use of it prior to that make whatever use of it you need to I'm not going anywhere until I deal with Penhue the ship not just the ship the island the island okay <clears throat> I sit down I don't want to get into it too much but I was able to track Penyu on his boat, and I know where they go. There's an island offshore here. Mr. Brayden, you should be a bit more specific when you say they. I will say in his voice to him. He smirks at you. Aubrey's been building up something. He's been taking shipments with that mistress out to an island. Boxes of stuff. They come every once in a while, intermittent. They used to come a lot more frequently. But they lost a ship in their fleet. And its captain. Yeah. 
and its captain. Although they're not sure what happened to him. What kind of stuff? As far as the boxes go, uh, I haven't gotten a real deep look at him. But they're heavy. I know that. There's a group I'm working with here. I have been for a little while. I don't want to get too far into it yet. I don't want to lose focus on what you're going to do with Lynn. But like I said, things are changing politically here. And there's a um, there's a group I've been able to make a few inroads with. And they're going to help when it comes to the island. So what we really need from Madam Lynn is information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who knows? You walk here, talk your way into circles there. There's no telling which way Lynn will see the wind running. Also could be a potential distraction. Right. So at this point, I think we have to take, take that risk. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, distraction of Holfang. No. Because if we're going after Penhue, if we can have Holfang and his crew distracted, I think it'll make it easier for us, maybe. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but you know what I mean. Brady looks over to you, Sam, and says, Hey, your buddy okay? I, I will check on him. How does he look? Doctor, how do you feel? Uh, Doc is sleeping uh, currently, or at least resting, and has taken some medication so that aside from the spell, he also won't feel anything else. He's resting. Hopefully he's feeling a bit better. Hey, you've been here long enough to probably be able to answer this question. What are the chances, Lynn, if this goes sideways, backs Hofang? You want my real answer? I think Slim and Slim left town. I don't think she's going to back Ho Fang in any way, shape, or form. She wants his position in the markets. She's coming for a wholesale political and economic slaughter of Ho Fang. Only reason I'm asking is if we tilt our hand and somehow she ends up, you know, one-upping us. I don't need her going to Ho Fang with anything she finds out about us and using it to blow this whole thing up our faces. Like I said, it's going to greatly depend on if you can mind your P's and Q's at dinner. You seem to be pretty apt socially anyway. Well, what else? What else you want to know? So you don't know anything about what they were planning? Who's they? Your companions in Egypt. <sighs> no. Like I said, they went into that temple, that that bent pyramid, and they came out different people. That was where you met him, right? They saw it. Yeah. They're not the tip. They made some sort of deal. They made some sort of bargain. I don't know. Yeah, the deal we rejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the chronometers is in the doctor's bag, right? Yeah. I will extract it. Okay, you take out one of the chronometers. You seen one of these before? Mm. Fancy clock? Uh, you sure? It just seems to be that coincidentally these things keep popping up in uh, all these places where these different cults are. Mm. No, I've never seen one before. Looks like it tells time. According to this, according to the, uh, the smart ones in the room, it's a countdown of some kind. Mm. Is that the chron- chronometer that's to the birth of the child, or is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did Did Roger ever talk about a birth of a child coming on January twenty sixth? I think we decided. 
Yeah, something like that. No, rather, Roger never talked about the birth of a child like that. Did he mention January 26th at all? But this was, what, years ago? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't mention any specific date, if that's what you're asking. I think Penhew is uh, working to make this happen. I thought you all said he was dead. Yeah, we believe so, but uh, apparently he is not. Well, for a while we believed they were, but when we were shown that vision, we realized that that was not the party that uh, his friends. Is that, the, is that the ship that you all saw? I'll point to uh, Lillian because the doctor's out. Um, yes, the Dark Mistress. Yes, that is what we saw um, in port. We could take a trip there. Well, it seems Brady has other plans for us for now. Hey, listen, you y'all make your own fortunes as far as I'm concerned. You want to go out to the ship? Go out to the ship. That wasn't meant to be a uh, uh, resentment. I'm just saying you seem to have an idea as to what's going on here. And if you have friends and you're protecting them and you want to see if we can pull this off, then fine. I know this. I know any trip to the Dark Mister, if it's done wrong, will tip Aubrey's hand. He'll know something's up. And so... If you tell me that you're going out of the ship, that's fine. I'm just going to go talk to my people and see how fast we can push the timeline up. We don't even have the the, 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 the ritual in place or even ready to go yet. There's no reason to, to jump the gun on that yet. You can you can tell that like Brady is agitated. You got to understand. Roger was in a bad way. And Penn, you could have done something about it. And all he did was egg him on. That's it. And you want revenge? Yeah. I want my pound of flesh for what he did to Roger. So do we for what they did to Elias. No one wants to see him escape escape this alive. No one wants to see their plans come to fruition. So we get information first. And then we move on. Penhew. All right. Who's in? Who's out? I'm helping Mo. What about you, Drummond? As far as I know, I'm in. Good. I still got multiple jobs to do. All right. Anybody else want to get out? And miss all the fun? Please. Good. All right, we can rest uh, in the house up- upstairs. There's uh, enough bedrooms to house everybody. As far as our uninvited guest, I'll deal with him. I'd like to ask him some very personal questions. Well, Mr. Brady, one jack at a time. Doyle, hmm. you can have a run at him first. I brought him for no. you. Let Brady take care of it. I don't know about the rest of you, but I could use another bath. That uh, point blank shot, I think I'm still picking brains out of my hair. You're welcome. Maybe one day I can return the favor. I guess I have a personal question you can choose to answer or not. Do you plan on helping Magenta? I don't know. Sometimes I think the best thing you do for it would be stay away. Then you should have done that to begin with. Who's Magenta? His girlfriend. She's involved, is all I'm saying. Yeah. I appreciate that. Does it make you feel better? No. I'm just asking. So what'd you say it for? Because I think that 
she really cares about you. Yeah. And, and I don't think you, you should just leave her there. And you decided you'd come in here and you'd twist the knife, huh? No, I thought I'd ask you if you'd go get her. Just like a snake. I go stand Thank be- you. between the two of them. All right, enough. That's not helping anything. Right now, let us just some rest. I don't know who you think you are. We have not seen you in years. Maeve. Anyways, I think I was just asking because I thought that you could go help her. And do what with her? Keep her safe. She's in a hospital. Yeah, and they're going to find her. We found you through her. They're not going to? Okay. Against my better judgment, I'll send someone to collect her. If you don't think so, I'm just asking. Like you said, these guys play for keeps. I just don't like the idea of her being there. I'm sorry. I care. She cares about you. She deserved way better than what happened to her. I agree. And I don't think that that's entirely your fault. You got wrapped up in this crap like we did. I mean, we kind of had a choice. You didn't. And I understand that. But I don't think that... I don't know. I just feel for her to be sitting there waiting for her fate. I don't think she'll be necessarily safer with you or somewhere safe that you think she could be. But I also know she's definitely not safe sitting in a hospital. You know, Magenta deserved better than what she got. And so if me keeping my distance from her upsets you or frustrates you, it's just because it seems to be that in this life, the closer I get to people, more people get hurt. I know that feeling. So you might understand me not wanting to get close to someone again because they might get hurt again. Okay, I can understand that, yes. But she's... She's innocent. Well, and she's still alive. Yeah, it's true. I'm sure I can probably get her somewhere out of the city. I'm not saying you have to be with her. I just... No, I I can't be with her. Right. I understand that. I just... It tears me up to know that she's sitting there. And I don't know the city well enough to take her somewhere. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sure if your friends are your friends, they'll give you a hand, Brittany. Yeah, no. I, I know you mean well. I just... I've been working real hard not to think about magenta. I'm sorry. If anybody's got one of those bandages, I could use a hand. I grab more bandages out of the uh, doctor's bag. We're running low. (laughs) There, like I said, there's enough rooms upstairs to get cleaned up and find a place to relax for a while. Maybe sort some things out, figure out how you're going to approach Lynn. I'm going to find out. I'm going to confirm it was Ho Fang that sent these men. And then after that, it's back to the drawing board. First light, we'll start fresh with Mu Mm -hmm. and the studying. And then um, he sort of looks you up and down, Stasi. I think we can probably afford a wardrobe change at this point for everybody, right? Oh, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Let me straighten my jacket. Yeah, well, where were you, by the way? 
on the roof and then on the grounds and then down the street and then uh, then the hole and now I'm here. Must be nice. I would ask if you were, but you spent about 20 minutes telling us. <laughs> you needed the whole story. Now you got it. And the story's not over yet. I look at Jack. Oh, the other Jack, sorry. <laughs> I know uh, I asked earlier for you and Lillian to give me a hand with this whole sociability thing, but for Lynn, you need a liar, so I'm going. Okay. Not going alone, I'm saying, just right, I'm going. Right. Lillian, you want to go with? I think, in fact, you should go with. How many of us are going? Well, at least the three of us, maybe the doctor. Stasi shouldn't go, and Maeve will be busy with who? How much time have you spent here in Shanghai? Uh, about three days. Right. So she's got you by a bunch of months, he points at Stasi. Yeah, she does know the way around the city. Otherwise, I would say have her stay as a lookout here. No, I, I have no problem with her. To the I dinner just, party is what he's The dinner talking. party oh, is an issue. Yeah. Right. Seeing as she's already been Madame Lynn's prisoner once. Well, and she's going to help you get contacts, right? Yeah. I got to tell you, I, it's just my opinion. He puts his hands up. Trails of smoke coming from the cigarette. I think she's your best bet. I think she's the weapon Lynn won't see coming. Just saying. I mean, it's up to it's up to her. I mean, I'm not going to make uh, decisions for her. She's more than capable of deciding one way or another. It's just my uh, opinion. I think it depends on your approach. Are you walking up to the front gate and expecting them to open up? Or are you sneaking in? No, I was going to have uh, you uh, finagle us a invitation. Hmm. That is something I probably can do. I don't think she'd resist getting me back one way or the other. Certainly it's worth a shot. But once we start that straightforward approach, we have to stick with it. So we better agree. Absolutely. I think uh, that was the best way of handling Lynn. I'm in. All right. Maeve, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step on your toes. This magenta person sounds pretty important. Not, it's not to me, but I'm tired of people becoming collateral when they don't have to. You're right. I've been gone for a few years. I had to be. But that's a story for a different time. Let's just say that setting off the wild card with a rather nasty, accurate shot in that gun, I just didn't want to see someone that I actually like being around. Another dead body. I've seen far too many of them. But I'm sorry. You're right. Wasn't my place. And I walk off. And uh, Mr. Brady, you get your friends together. Sooner or later, we're going to have to go to the island. My friends are real familiar with this uh, part of the world. I'll just put it that way. They're not likely to move until their planning stages are all set. We got a few days, but that's about it. That should be all we need. Good. Now, I'm going to go deal with our uninvited guest. He turns and stalks into the small bedroom. Oh, as he walks away, I'm just going to be like, Jack, I'm sorry, but I try to save. 
There's been a whole lot of apologizing and way, way, way too little whiskey in this room. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jack, you have the stash, don't you? Yeah. Every, everybody runs hot sometimes. It's fine. We'll get through it. And that is where I'm going to call this episode to a close. So uh, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Masks from Nothotep. We hope you have appreciated and enjoyed your experience here. We look forward to entertaining you again next week. <laughs>